time, it is just not a long-term thing for me because I can do it and I, I like helping people. So it brings me back to that, but I just didn't want to have the nights and the weekends and the open houses and the weekends. And I just came back to valuing my time. Transaction Care, the podcast. Welcome home to the number one real estate show on the market. I am your host and resident care coordinator, Lillian Hernandez but you can call me Lily. My goal with each episode of Transaction Care is to demystify the business of real estate from my point of view and interviews from other voices within the real estate industry around the world. I'm giving you the keys. There are no gatekeepers here. Head to transactioncarepodcast.com to join my TC community and to be sure you are subscribed to Transaction Care, the podcast, so you know exactly when new episodes are released weekly. Welcome back to the Transaction Care podcast. This week, we are joined by an industry leader. She's kind of a big deal, at least to me. I don't know. I'm pretty sure more other people can say the same. (laughs) Mandy Reidinger is here. And let me get into her bio real quick, because I think it's important to get a taste of the journey we are about to embark in. So Mandy is a visionary force behind List to Manage, List to Close Management, headquartered in the vibrant city of Tampa Bay, Florida. What began as Mandy's journey as an independent contractor has evolved into a remarkable team now comprising of 24 talented members who orchestrated an impressive 3,000 transactions in the eventful year of 2022. Just remember that. We'll, we'll get back. We'll get to that later. So put a pin in that, people. Mandy's influence extends far beyond her own accomplishments. She's generously imparts her extensive experience and expertise to fellow transaction coordinator business owners through impactful coaching. At the heart of it all, Mandy orchestrates the thriving TC Empowerment TC's Facebook group, a dynamic space for fostering collaboration and shared empowerment. I am a member of that, so thank you. (laughs) And when she's not shaping the world of transaction coordination, Mandy finds joy in the simple pleasures of life. Quality time with her cherished husband, her Yorkies, and beloved family fuels her spirit. So thank you, Mandy, for being here. I'm excited this conversation going. And so before we backtrack, you know, into how this all started, because I'm sure it didn't just start last year. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you're like, all of a sudden, I have 24 members. So before we get into there, so are you solely based in Florida? Are you doing transactions throughout the country? Just let people know right off the bat if they're ready to work with you right now. Yeah. So we're, we service Florida and Texas. So we service those two, two states currently. Yes. Awesome. Okay. So anyone in Florida and Texas, reach out to Mandy when you're ready. So let's, let's take it back now. Let's start from the beginning. How did you get introduced to real estate and what made you stick around? (laughs) (laughs) Let's get into it because this is not for the week. You, you know, I know we all know. (laughs) Absolutely. So I started in real estate basically when I was in diapers, if you can believe that. My grandfather ran um, Century 21 offices. And so I started there when I was 16 at the front desk working and answering calls and and inputting listings. And then I worked there traveling through college, got my degree in psychology, which I still use to this day. Very thankful for that. 
And I got my license in 2006 in Florida. And then, and then a little bit while longer, I got my license in Texas. So I loved real estate just because I was raised by my grandparents. And so it was kind of ingrained in me and it's just something I've always been passionate about. I've worked in different roles in real estate and just have, I've sold real, you know, been a, like on the realtor sales side. I've been in mortgage processing. I've done a couple different things within the industry and always just found myself coming back to it. One of the main things that really keeps me going is that I'm, I'm my own boss. I make my own schedule. And once I had a taste of that, I didn't ever want to go back working because I worked at Panera and like Eckerd drugged at the time, which is kind of like a Walgreens. Those were my first, like, you know, jobs, if you will, because I had to help pay my car payment when I was 16. So, so yeah, so those are the only other jobs I've worked besides real estate, if you can believe that. And always just found Uh, It's in my blood, I guess, if you will, real estate, just from our family. I'm a third generation realtor. My family is all in real estate. So in different parts of the industry. Wow. So again, you're born, you're born. You're you're not, you're not new to this. You're true to this. (laughs) There was no way of escaping it. Even if you No, definitely not. (laughs) Interesting because you definitely, you, you tried the quote unquote, typical teenage route, you know, into adulthood of I'm going to get the retail job or what customer service job. And at that point, was there any moment where you thought there could potentially be another route? Because I know you mentioned a psychology degree. What Mm -hmm. was that transition? Because those are two different fields, you know, when you think about it in the grand scheme of things. And college can also just be one of those places where we're thrown in again, and you just pick what is ever, whatever is the easiest or whichever one I relate to the most. So you're born into the real estate industry, but then you're also pursuing now a psych, a psychology major. How did that, how did those two worlds fuse at that point in your life? Yeah, great question. So my grandfather always told me you can sell real estate and as long as you want, but you have to have your degree. I know you know, care what you do beyond that. You just have to have your college degree. So I'm very thankful because at the time, no other woman in my family had their degree. And I think he was just pushing me, of course, because he wanted me to have that done when I was younger and, you know, just had the opportunity and the time. So I went to the University of South Florida and kind of got entrenched. Like it was a blank canvas. What am I going to, you know, do I want to be in real estate after this? Or what do I want to do? And psychology just gravitated to me. I love statistics. I love graphs. I love figuring out the brain. I love studying autism. Like all those things kind of just sparked how the human interacts. And so it just capture, you know, captured me rather than I have a minor in business, but I didn't really love like the algebra and all that kind of stuff was not my jam. (laughs) So I think I just loved combining real estate with it because of the psychology of just wanting to help people. So I wanted to learn more about how people functioned in their brains, you know, and body language and some of those things. And I think it just fit in nicely within real estate. I didn't have this like huge, like, yes, I'm going to be in real estate. Now is the final decision. I think, you know, when I was younger, I was still figuring it out, but Hey, I mean, 
took me a whole lot of times. So I'm not even going to say to pass the real estate exam in Florida at the time, but I wasn't a good test taker. Right. So I think psychology just naturally was drawn to me because of those things. I had to pass all these math classes and I was like, this is not going to happen for business. So I'm just going to, you know, that's that, I don't know. It just kind of pulled me in that direction. So. Yeah, no, I could definitely relate to the whole test taking thing. And that's a whole different type of discipline because when you're in school, you're kind of just following what people are telling you. But test taking is, is almost like entrepreneurship. You just don't know how you're going to feel that day. You don't know what type of questions you're going to be asked, if you're going to have to explain yourself or it's multiple choice. <laughs> so for real, shout out yeah. to anyone that is trying to take the real estate exam or who has failed because I'm sitting here. It took me three attempts. The first attempt I didn't even show up to, but I still count it as an attempt. Second attempt failed. Was I, I took it as I'm just going to go see what it's like. I just want to see what it's like. Even though I studied, I put all the work, but something in me just wasn't confident enough to the other side of, of the pass. Right. So once you did pass the exam, are you still in college at this point? I don't know if you Yeah, I was just getting ready to graduate college around the time that I finally passed. So it was it was about coincidingly. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay, great. So then now again, early 20s to have a career almost built in for you, but at the same time trying to explore who you are as a person. Once you were done with college, were you work, you know, did you have to apply for a job? Were you given the job? How did that whole process work? And it's just, just because you're born into some things or even handed things, everyone's situation is different or starting from scratch. If you don't have the experience, it doesn't just happen naturally. So how did that transition from I'm a student to now I'm an, empl- an employee in this? Yeah. Go, how did that go for you? So really I had moved out of my grandparents' house and at around this time I was searching, you know, and and just trying to coincide all the things that were going to happen next. I had my, my grandmother at this time was running the offices because my grandfather had passed away. He passed away right when I was going into college. So once I was getting to the end of it, I was trying to figure out like, okay, he's not here. Like I thought I would just continue to work under him and, you know, have it basically set for me. But the cool part about it is that they were one of the first ones to actually start the transaction coordinating role in Florida. I mean, this is way back when, because a lot of agents at the time didn't want to pay for a service. You know, they wanted their brokers to provide it or whatever it was. And back then Century 21 was you know, one of the paving real estate offices at the time, my grandfather, they ran the offices and just was, you know, they were number one in the state of Florida. I mean, there were so many accolades and all those things that they were doing. So long story short, when I got done with that, I was like, okay, well, I still want to have freedom of flexibility. My grand, my grandmother's running the office now. And so I had two agents there that I was, you know, eyeing about being their assistant. And so I started to work with them, but they were actually going to be moving over to a realty executive's office. And so at that time I was like, oh my gosh, do I stay here with working with underneath my grandma? This opportunity is opening up. What do I do? It's family. Ah, like, you know, so, so really, you know, I knew my grandmother wasn't going to be running the offices, you know, forever after my grandfather. So I took the opportunity. I went over, I started working with them 
And I was their admin and their buyer's agent, you know, kind of a combination of both roles. And they were the ones that really kind of got me to go past working on at the front desk, quote unquote, during college. So. Yeah. And I always suggest to people that that's always the best place to start. If you're not quite sure where to start and you want to start in real estate or any field, if, if that opportunity presents itself, but working in the front desk, just get in the, just get in the building and, mm-hmm. and navigate your way through. So now you're working this job and where is it taking you now? Are you starting to feel like, oh, this is really for me? Cause you could still change your mind. You could still mm-hmm. say, Hey, I have this degree or F it. I'm just going to sail a boat across the country. What <laughs> <laughs> What's going on now at this point in your life? So I had met a guy in college and we dated for four years throughout college. And then we decided to get engaged and we decided to get married. And so he was a mortgage broker or was getting into mortgages at the time he had studied finance at USF. And so, so when I started, you know, working with these agents, I was also just getting married and, and all those pieces granted our marriage only, you know, transpired for a year and, Thankfully, we're still friends to this day, which is great. He's still in the industry locally and and we see each other in passing and those sort of things. But I started to really get on my own, stand on my own two feet, figure out what I was going to do. Real estate was always just there, right? Like I was enjoying it. I was making money in it. In it. I paid for our whole wedding through selling houses. And so it just was like, okay. And this was of course all before the crash of 2008. So, you know, when that transpired was kind of my next roadblock of like, oh my gosh, this crazy short sale market. Like, what am I going to do? And that's really kind of when things started to change of, you know, I was divorced. I was still super young. What was I going to do? And so that's kind of where that journey, you know, I started thinking about more when I go do something else, like actually become a psychologist or, you know, some right. of those pieces, but still the opportunity and the working for myself, which is way more attractive than going to work for somebody and kind of climbing up that chain. And I wasn't really ready for like the big leagues, I guess, if you will, that was in my mind, like to go start my own practice or something crazy. So yeah, no, I, I can definitely relate. Once you get a taste, it's it's really hard to go back. I'm in six years of doing this independently, but I've been in the industry since 04. So mm-hmm. I've, I've yeah. similar to you, I've seen the different types of markets, worked every single job that you, I, I think I could have, except for being a realtor. So as you, you know, you, you said you were doing the realtor side of things. Did that come naturally to you? Or was it something that you thought was like the next step I, I should take? Not necessarily. Yeah. I need or want to take. Yeah. So the admin side was way more comfortable for me. I had a set schedule. I knew what I was going to make. Oh my gosh. I was like, you know, stressing all the time. Like how would I ever go to the sales side? You know, it's so like non-consistent. I was just not like a leap of faith kind of person back then. I was like very calculated. I knew I was going to make and what I was going to have. And so it was, it was challenging because that's when I kind of started doing buyer's agent as well. Cause I had the commissions plus I was still making hourly. So it was nice to have a taste of it, but you know, 
the real estate side, I have done two different times within my journey. And over time, it is just not a long-term thing for me because I can do it and I I like helping people. So it brings me back to that, but I just didn't want to have the nights and the weekends and the open houses and the weekends. And I just came back to valuing my time and not that agents, you know, they can work their schedules and that's wonderful for them. But, you know, I truly had wanted a family and knew that that's where I was going to be headed. And I didn't want my schedule to be determined by someone just, just, Hey, can you be here in five minutes? So it just wasn't, wasn't something I've done long-term. I think I have done it so I could have appreciation for what realtors do. And I admire that so much. It just wasn't my personality style. And plus I'm an introvert at heart. And so being extroverted all day, every day and having to be quote unquote on and at the time, like we were planning out MapQuest on like, I was so directionally challenged. There was no way that I was going to make it very long on the sales <laughs> side either. I was like turning people around when they were following me in their car, like, sorry, well, my MapQuest is wrong. So <laughs> like, it just, it was comical, but it was a part of the steps that needed to happen in order to get me to where I'm at today. But I, I truly, you know, feel like the buyer's agent role is is so underappreciated, but there's so much work that goes into it. And just over time, it was just like, if I got to put one more buyer in my car, like, I think I might drop them off on the side of the road. I was just so like, it just wasn't, it just was not for me. So I constantly gravitated back to behind the computer, the paperwork, helping people that way. So, but I mean, Hey, I paid for this humongous wedding with it. And I'm very grateful. So. Right. Yeah. You know, and kudos to you for having, whether you recognize it or not, the self-awareness at the time to say, I don't think this is for me right now, at least. And I recognize these are my strengths. This is where this is my comfort zone. And I think our comfort zone gets a a bad rep a lot of the times, you know, it's like, it's okay to be a little comfortable (laughs) because that'll eventually catapult you into where you need to go, you know, and sometimes that comfortability builds that confidence and that courage that we lack when we're put into situations that aren't necessarily what we envision or dream of, but Mm -hmm. it's what society or the programming that we're fed that tells us like, well, real estate means realtor, buy, sell houses. That's what you got to do. But then transaction coordination comes into play. So mm-hmm. do you remember your first file and was it independent or was it through the brokerage? Yeah. So, so 2008 happened, of course, short sale market came in crazy. And the two agents that I was working for at the time, they had slowed down tremendously and they were like, oh my gosh, like, how are we going to afford to pay her full time? And, you know, we all sat down and came up with a plan. So they started asking other realtors, like, you know, do you need a Mandy on your team? You know, like segmenting time. Right. So I started to do this for multiple different agents. I started being an admin and just kind of sharing that. I think I was working for four or five agents at a time and sharing their hours and stuff, which worked good for them because they didn't have to go hire somebody full time. And I was already trained and I could just plug and play. 
And it was kind of during that time where someone asked me, Hey, have you ever heard of transaction coordinating? I know this lady who does it. Do you want to, you know, chat with her? And I was like, absolutely. And so, you know, I went in and met with her. I was like, if I can work for five agents doing admin stuff, why can't I work for agents doing the paperwork side, which is, you know, what I, you know, gravitate towards. So I went and met with her and we had, um, I made the decision to, you know, basically start working with her and learned some things with her. She was in another office though. And and then she put me in or left me in the office that I was doing the admin stuff for. And so I got to, you know, a point where our, I worked with her for about a year and it got to the point where our growth was just not matching and aligning. Like I was still super young. I wanted to go out and build this like empire. And, you know, she was at the point where, you know, she was comfortable in her life, you know? So we gracefully, you know, parted ways and I just had started my own TC business at that time. So, you know, she took me under her wings. I'm super grateful for that for this day uh, till this day. But then I started doing, you know, getting into the short sale world even more and doing short sales within this office and going at that time, everybody would go into the office. So I gave it my best, you know, get it and go through the short sale market. I learned a ton about real estate during that time. And I charged way too less for the work that I did. And, you know, but I still was super passionate about helping people and was just excited to, to have something that I called my own. Yeah. And the fact that you technically started doing short sales, I'm pretty sure made every other transaction after that much easier. (laughs) perspective. I all, I tell our team to this day, I'm like, oh, you, ha- you haven't been through 2008. Like this is nothing. We, we got this. It's going to be fine. He's cake. The best yeah. cake you'll ever have. <laughs> I just have to point that out because I, I remember that time I was laid off and then I ended up coming oh. back to the same office and all yeah. we did was short sales for like a year and a half, mm-hmm. which meant we closed probably like five. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> short about a short sale. <laughs> Such a confusing. They should have called it a long sale. Yeah. Yeah. Annoying sale. Uh, <laughs> yes. But now, okay, now we're getting into the thick of it. Now, you know, you're you're fighting the comfortable, but you have this vision of your future. And you said empire, right? You said that you want to build this thing. So where did that come from? And what where, where was that vision? What was that rooted in? And then the other side of that, how did you start to get organized to now launch? Is this a list to close management or was it? the No, at the time it was called next to close at the time is okay. what it was. Called. Yeah. yeah. So let's, let's talk yeah. about how you got organized. Cause at this yeah. point, the market is shifting completely. You're still young in the game, but you're, you, you see a life where I'm independent. I'm working from home. All the things people nowadays are fighting for, you know, to have, it's like, you saw that early on, which is not common, which was not common in the early mid two thousands. So let's get into that. Yeah, absolutely. So I was going into the office. So I are, people already knew me because I was, you know, traveling between their office and other offices at the time. And so, and a lot of people had still knew my grandfather. And so I think 
I organically started to just grow from that. And so agents were like, oh my gosh, you'll help me with my short sale. Like, no way. Here you go. I'll just drop it off at your desk. So I worked in this little closet with like brooms in it and everything. I was like, I don't care. I just want an office, you know, just something small. And so that was my first, you know, at the time next to close was what it was called. And it was just, you know, me in this, in this closet. And so I started processing these short sales and started coming up with the process of how I was going to handle it. What I was going to do at this time, there was still no softwares out there. Really. Everything was manual. So many um, phone calls. I had my notebook and my computer, which my computer was probably some I don't even know, like, you know, very generic, a brick, like one of those, yes. <laughs> like this. <big. laughs> yes, it was very heavy. My short sale files were like a phone boot or, uh, you know, like one of those phone book sizes. And so, but other agents started to see like, you know, okay, this person can do this. And so they started handing me their short sale stuff. And before you knew it, I was just, figuring out my systems as I went, because, you know, I got busy quick, which was such a blessing. It was great. But yeah, the, I never, I never negotiated with the banks. I just handled all the front end, like getting the seller to provide more bank statements or whatever it was providing updates and processing the files. But I got busy really quick. And then basically I burnt myself out, honestly, I had met this guy while I was at that office and he was a realtor. And so I started dating him and then the short sale market was burning me out. And so we got an opportunity to join this really awesome team in Texas. And so I had lived in Florida my whole life. And so it was like, okay, are we going to like take this next step? What am I going to do? We're not married. Like what in the heck, you know, but I wanted to experience something new. Like I was just very adventurous at this time. And like I said, the short sale market, like I probably did 150 of them. And I was like, okay, this, this is just not going to cut it forever. So we, I moved to Texas with my ex and that is how I became licensed in Texas. I have many friends there to this day, but I lived there for a couple of years and was a buyer's agent at I switched. I was a buyer's agent there and I got to work in the luxury market houses that, you know, have over 150 switches in them and all the, all the fancy things that I learned that was once again, part of my journey and was very enlightening, but I got to, there was I think on the time there was probably 10 or 15 of us on the team. And so we got to learn a lot by opening up these houses within these country clubs and things like that, but also got to pay down debt at the time and just kind of experience life away from my family in real estate and kind of creating my own, you know, quote unquote identity. That's where I did. So I shut down next to close when I moved to Texas and just, you know, put it up on the shelf and then went and tried the buyer's agent role again, because that was the opportunity that they had still was, you know, successful in, in doing that, got to pay off the debt. And then unfortunately realized that all these things I'm telling you are revolving around guys I've dated, but are married. Full circle to the journal or uh, the journey that's happening now. So <laughs> 
people are always like, why the heck would you ever move to Texas? And so the story makes sense when, when I explain it, but that's how I met like Christine Winfrey in the group, her and I were really, really good friends. And she helped me through a lot of that with moving or deciding if I was going to stay in Texas or move to Florida, back to Florida, you know, the place I was trying to get away from at the time. So we had decided we weren't going to move forward. And so I was working on the team as their transaction coordinator, as I was trying to figure out if I was going to stay there. I had my own little apartment for a couple months and I came home to Florida to visit. And my sister was, was getting married. My other sister or my other, like there was just all these events going on with my family. We have a bunch of women in our family and I was like, okay, well, I feel like, you know, God's really just calling me back to Florida and I'm just going to do it. So I ripped off the bandaid. My brother-in-law flew out. I drove back with my car and like a trailer of stuff. I had, I sold everything. So I didn't have a bed. I didn't have a couch. I didn't have anything. I started back over in Florida and that was about nine years ago now. So I started over with nothing, zero zilch, like probably $300 in my bank account at the time. And, and just literally people had known of, um, me doing transaction coordinating. So at this time, list of clothes was born. I started the business over again and next to close was the name that my ex had given. And so I was like, I don't want nothing connected with that. I was like, I want to start over. And I, w- I was doing listings as well. So that obviously incorporated the name of list to close and when that had started. And so, so yeah, so I was, I started list to close over at that time and people were hearing that I was back. And so things started to pick up. And before you knew it, I had the, enough money to buy a bed and enough money to buy a couch. And then I hired an assistant and, you know, really from there is where things started to grow. Wow. What a journey. And thank you for being transparent, you know, and sharing the de- the details that you have and, you know, and, and much love to your grandparents. I, I come from a, a home where I'm, I, I was very close to my grandparents as well. And my grandma was one of the main reasons I quit my job and pursued this. And wow, it had nothing to do with, it had nothing to do with the business. I was, I just wanted to be home with her while she was going through her, her sickness. Uh, and, And, and she also raised me with my mom and so shout out to family first and foremost, (laughs) and, but then just hearing your journey and still at at such a young age, I'm, I'm hearing all these choices you had to make and, and, whether again, whether you realize it or not, the leaps of faith that you took and when people question things like, well, why would you move? Why would you do this? It's like, well, they, they're not you right? They're not in your mind and you don't even know it's right until you actually take that step forward. Mm-hmm. And we don't realize that like that one or two years in our life can impact for the better the mm-hmm. next decade, which we're going to get into now. But I just wanted to acknowledge that whether it was a success or failure to you and you in your eyes in the grand scheme of things it's that whole quote like it always works out it always works out <laughs> even though in the moment you're like uh, how much is this bed gonna cost how much uh-huh. can I for it like sometimes you have to you really are starting from the bottom and then now we're here right to appreciate what is happening or what is going on so I'm sure in this moment, things are a little fuzzy and cloudy and you're just 
you know, you you're in the business now, but for yourself, right. Again, how was there, did you have a mentor or a coach at this point? Are you, or are you still writing or now you're just officially solo? I'm just going to figure this out until I feel like this is my, my life for real. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My identity was really stripped through, through my ex at the time. And, you know, just did a lot of things that he had wanted. Right. And so I'm, you know, finding myself again. Plus this is, you know, the transaction side I love and not having to come back to short sales. So even through that time of Texas, like at least it got me out of short sales. Right. So, and I just, I knew that it's something I like to do that brought me joy. And I knew that I was going to be able to, you know, make money with it. I didn't know that I was going to be able to get it off the ground, but I just had the faith that I felt like it was the right thing and knew myself. Like I'm not going to go in somewhere where I'm going to have to be clocking in at eight 30 and trying to still figure out myself at this time. So I just was like, Hey, well, what's the worst that's going to happen, right? Like it doesn't work. Okay. I'll do, go do something else. So thankfully it works out. <laughs> um, and, and so I started back into a real estate office. I started working in there. I started going a couple of days a week. I was working with a top producer in there because he had heard that I had moved back and he called me and he was like, are you back in Florida? I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay, I'll have a file to you tomorrow. So that was kind of like another reassurance for me. Like, okay. Like as somebody's trusting me to do this. Okay. I'm going to go for it. So I started going over to that office and spending time there. And before I knew it, you know, they were having me teach some classes on contract to close, which then started to, you know, catapult of helping more agents, whether they were working with me or not. And, you know, once again, just wanted to share my knowledge with, with it and was able to really grow the business out of that office. So that was, you know, I was super grateful that that agent allowed me to do that and then introduced me to all these other people. And so at that time, you know, I started to get busier as in what people do. And I didn't have time to go into that office as much. And so I wanted to have my own office and my aunt owns a title company. And so at the time she had an open office and it was a lot closer to my house. So she was like, well, why don't you just come and work from here? And I was like, okay, why not? So I started working in this, in in this office space and that allowed me to really kind of grow outside of this one particular office because I was able to network with some more people. And so that really, you know, kind of helped me expand my wings even more to be able to continually help more agents. So Nice. Yeah. And there is a difference between working at an actual real estate office. I mean, I've never worked at an escrow office, but I I just imagine how much more successful or at least focused I would have been if I wasn't in a space with just realtors because they see you and they either want to talk about their life or every aspect of their transaction that has nothing to do with you, which is okay (laughs) for like five minutes, but then like, sir, ma'am, what's going on here? pile of papers. And at the time, you know how it was papers <laughs> that are stacking up. And and I want to, I respect you, but I also respect my time. <laughs> so that's very cool. So 
now at this point, are you starting to catch your stride or really start to recognize like, okay, I can really develop this. And and at this point, what is now your vision? Are you starting to see expansion or are you still, let me just hone in on this first year of, of doing this solo? Yeah. So within that first year, man, I learned a ton. I grew way too quick, way too fast. Mm -hmm. And I worked way too much. I was servicing too many agents, but I couldn't say no, because I was driven by this desire that I was going to succeed because that ex kept telling me, Oh, you'll never have a business. You'll never succeed. You just, you know, you don't know how to handle it. And so that fueled my fire, man, more than anything. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And so within that year, I was just, I would say yes to any agent. Yes. You need help. Okay. Okay. You need even some admin type tasks. Like I would help with some database stuff. Okay. Yeah, sure. No problem. Like I just kept saying yes and yes and yes and yes. And before I knew it, I hit a wall and I was like, oh my gosh. So I ended up getting shingles and just way overstressed. I went to a friend's wedding from, from Texas at the time, but I went to her wedding and I came back and I had this rash and I was like, like, did I get this from Vegas or whatever? Cause she got married in Vegas. I'm like, did I like rub up against something? Like, I don't know what happens in Vegas, I guess stays there or whatever, but still. So I go to the doctor and they're like, no, that's shingles. And I'm like, what? And so I was like, oh my gosh, like, why do I have shingles? And they say it's caused by stress. I'm like, ding, ding, ding. So I had to really decide that was kind of my pivoting moment of deciding, like, am I going to build this thing more and continue to say yes to agents or like, what am I going to do? I can't, I can't, there's no more of me. Like I'm already working 24 seven. I don't have a life. I'm not dating at the time. I'm just like, whatever. Like I would just wanted to, to build the business. So So I did decide to move forward um, and bring on more people. And I grew very quickly. I had four to six TCs underneath me at that time. And they wanted an opportunity and, you know, that the, all the things aligned at that point that they were like, Hey, I see what you're doing. See what you've been doing since you, you know, been back here in Florida. I want to know more about it. And so I started to get a bigger office with my aunt's title company. Then it led to me having half the building and she had half the building because everybody would still come into the office and I would walk around the room and be like, okay, here's what this file needs. And here's what this file needs. And like, it just was like this, okay, how many agents can we serve and how much, what can we do here? So I grew from me and an assistant to me and 16 members really within six months. So it was super, super fast. Wow. Wow. And the point about burnout is real because I I don't want to just skip over that because I fell into that trap. For me, it was on the verge of a panic attack on a Saturday with my laptop in the back of my aunt's van on my way to my nephew's little league big game. And I just felt it just like all up my left arm. And it was just like, what is, I got numb. Who knows? It might've even been a stroke almost, who knows? But Um, it was like the first year. And after that moment, I was just like, I don't want to go through this again. And I don't want anyone else to go through that again. So it's unfortunate that we, you had to go through something like that, but sometimes we need those references to, to exactly. redirect us to get us out of that darkness and 
it's great to have the fire and the fuel. And I, I, I had that as well. I had a boss that told me I was just a seat filler. And I was like, if I'm going to fill a seat, it's going to be at my house with no bra on. Like (laughs) I can play my music as loud as I want. I can wear sneakers if I want. I don't see how heels versus sneakers dictates my work quality. If anything, So I, yeah, like that fuel, that fire, like it's important to have that. But then you realize, oh, it now has to come back to me. Mm-hmm. what is my why so now you're in it you have employees I'm pretty sure this is still new to you as well now you're not just your own boss but now you're someone else's multi times six and uh-huh. some these other people's bosses so you go from employee independent to now they are depending on you and independent and and we're gonna get to where you're at today but I I, again, I just don't want to skip over these, 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 th- this part of the journey for anyone out there that is either aiming or aspiring to go in your on a similar path to yours, and even if it's not in real estate, mm. these same things will still happen. You know, burnout, uh, over overwhelming people and tasks and stuff on your plate, not being able to say no. So, how did you, at this point, now start to nurture your mindset? as I'm my own boss, but now I'm also in charge and responsible for these people as well to make sure the business stays running properly. I'm I'm sure there was mistakes and all of that, but I'm just curious, like what was your mindset and how did you nurture that through all this, this now big transition into entrepreneurship? Yeah. I don't know. I think our script just like compartmentalizing it all. I must've been crazy. I don't know, but I I just knew that I continually wanted to provide the opportunity that I had for more realtors. And the only way I was going to be able to do that is through more people. And so then I was like, oh my gosh, like these people now are relying on me to like provide for their family. Right. And so it does really kind of like, quote unquote, grow you up really quick. And you have to like actually get a PL and you know, you can't run your files out of like just your little notebook. And you might have to have some formal things besides running your numbers on your calendar behind you. And so I was like, okay, Mandy, like time to put the big girl panties on and let's do this. Right. So I started to do just studies on the weekends of like, okay, how do I actually like run this business and, and what do I need to do for taxes? And how do I, how am I going to help other people like figure their stuff out? So, so I failed forward so many times within these first couple of years at this point, because I didn't really knew what, knew what I was doing. And there was no like transaction coordinator guidebook out there. There was no coaching available. Like I legit was just kind of making this stuff up. Like this feels right. Okay. Let's do this. Okay. Like with, with small business guidelines in mind. Right. But like, I just did everything wrong, you know, with growing that quickly, I didn't put systems in place. I, you know, would hire people if they were interested in being a TC, I did not vet them properly. Like all the things that come with, you know, just not, not doing it right. And not really having like, you know, realtors always have like, uh, like a Keller Williams agent, for example, had the MREA book, right? It's like a guidebook of like, okay, this is how you set up your real estate business. So there really just wasn't anything out there. And so I just kept going for it. And 
totally by the grace of God is how the business is the way that it is now, because there are still some times where I'm like, how did we, how did we stay in business with some of these things? Like Mandy, what were you doing? But I mean, it's really cool because it's come full circle, you know, for me to be able to help other people in this journey, you know, that now they get to have some tools to set up their business and to run their business and those things. So through all of these mistakes I made and failing forwards, it just has allowed me to read a P&L really dang good <laughs> and knowing your numbers, you know, as much as those things, you know, are ingrained in us now back then, they just, they weren't. So like, how do you scale your business? And I mean, I just, I just knew the numbers that we had to get to, but I didn't know the nitty gritty. I didn't know like, Oh, what's your profit margin? You know, if someone came in and asked me, I'd be like, I just want to help more people. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) People have been like, okay, like really? All right. You're never going to succeed. Like what's one of my favorite books is the E-Myth Revisited, the Why Small Businesses Fail. And I've read that a lot. And John Maxwell's Failing Forward were, you know, two books that really kind of helped me just shape my mindset and shape some of my systems of, you know, what I was doing. But people ultimately is how we grew and just having really good talent around me and that they were embracing it just as much as I was. Wow. So. Wow. I, I say wow a lot. Cause I, I, I get it, but there's certain parts I haven't experienced yet. And, and shout out to you for again, quote unquote, putting up, putting on your big girl pants. Cause it's not easy. And I, I went through so many different accountants in the beginning and it came oh, yeah. down to, it came down to maybe like the last three years where I took it really serious and was like, I'm getting the LLC. I'm getting the business credit card. I'm not going to put things on my debit. I'm going to use the points to do with this, you know, and there's just so many little nuances that we don't know about that. I'm still learning. I'm pretty sure you're still learning, Mm -hmm. but at this point, how did you scale your business with this knowledge, you know, in the tank years of experience and in that process of scaling, how did your habits change as well with that? Because mm. we can't take the old us into this new, <laughs> the top of the mountains, you know, <laughs> like as much yeah. as we would love to, we, we just can't, we have to shed old, old layers of ourselves in order to get to, the, to these next levels as I'm learning live, as I'm talking to you and <laughs> also taking notes, like, wait, how does she do it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah you don't don't just go from you know what you went through to three thousand in one year you know what I mean so that again kudos but I'm just curious how what does that path look like for you at this point so thankfully these people that decided to be on this journey with me and um, continue to stay on the journey with me um (laughs) (laughs) allowed me to have extra time. Right. So I was able to hand over agents to them. So I was able to scale my time. And then the assistant that I had at the time, she acted like me a lot of the time when she was calling people or et cetera, not clients like buyers and sellers, but she would call and set up inspections for me or set up or call the title company or the lender. And so 
I had like a core of six to 10 agents that I still worked with in the team that the team members I had worked with the rest. And so my plan was to just kind of continually pivot myself to work with less and less amount of agents. So I went from doing 60 or so transactions with me and the admin, then I moved it down to 40 and then I moved it down to 20. And that's just kind of how I moved myself from this craziness to slimming it down. But I also had a trip planned to Israel. It was something that I dreamed of doing when I went with our church. And so I, I knew that I had to go to another country outside of our time zone, outside of my day to day to really leverage myself out of the files. And so the agents that I was still working with knew I had this trip coming up. They knew that I was going to, they could continue to work with us, but I wasn't going to be there, you know, call every time they needed something, you know? And so I knew that we had to hit a hundred transactions a month in order for the business to sustain itself. And I will say that month that we went to, that I went to Israel was the month that we hit a hundred transactions, which is what we needed. And I said, I don't care after that. I just need to be out. (laughs) So I was at this point where I was like not being very nice to lenders and I was pretty short in the files and I just, I knew that it was coming. And so I just knew that I needed to be out of the day to day because I wanted to, you know, build more things. And so that trip really helped me plan that when I went for two weeks, it took me the whole two weeks to not check my phone every five minutes because my body and my habits were so used to check your phone, check your phone, check your phone. And that's just how I lived. And so, you know, being on that different time zone, man, really, really causes your brain to, to reprogram of like, it's okay. Your phone is okay over there. You don't have to check it. Your email's fine. They're, ta- they're handling it all. And so I was so thankful to have the team that I did. And when I got back, I just didn't take another file. The agents had either decided that they were going to go hire their own admin at the time, which was totally fine. And, you know, still friends with some of those agents today. And some of those agents through their journey have come back to work with us. And then I had no idea what I was going to do after that. I just knew I wasn't going to do files. So, you know, through, through those first three months of coming back from that trip, I was like, man, like I probably should have planned this out a little better. I should probably should have had a job description for myself of what I was going to be doing. But I think I was just a joy of like, not hand, not my phone, not ringing 24 seven, you know? So I really took about three months to kind of reposition myself of like, okay, Mandy, like the team's still closing the files that's needed. You know, everybody's happy at this moment. Now, now we got to look at what you're going to do. And we got to look at what systems you're going to put in place because, you know, you can't have TCs, you know, you can't scale this business with the, with what you have in place. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it takes that that extreme to just disconnect. Not only are you, it's it's one thing like I'm in San Francisco. You didn't just come to San Francisco and you're three hours away, you know, three hours apart. You were like, yeah. I'm literally gonna go try and find Jesus and God, <laughs> <laughs> like actually, not even I'm gonna go there. Yeah, a hundred percent. Go find myself and Jesus. So, 
<laughs> and, and I don't know. <laughs> I'm learning to find the gray areas in life because I'm, I'm not that into astrology, but I am an Aries. So I recognize and accept my impulsivity of, of things in life. And if I get an idea, I want to do it today. I don't want to plan it out. I don't want to wait to for things to get approved. I want to do it today. But in life, there will be those moments where you just got to kind of push yourself off and, and, and disconnect and much respect to you for being out of the files, first and foremost, I, I heard this this kind of cool analogy. I don't know if you're into sports or whatnot, but they were like, well, LeBron can't do everything. Jordan can't do everything. Kobe can't do everything. They can't be the janitor and the, the CEO and this and that. If they're great at basketball, they need to just be in doing basketball things. You know, mm-hmm. we can't expect them to to be doing the the smaller tasks. Like that's what the role of being a boss is, is being able to delegate and empower others as well. And and, and what all of this was and still is, I imagine, is that exercise in trust, right? And and, and trusting yourself also enough to now have full power in letting go. Isn't that odd? Like the power is in not holding on, it's in letting go. (laughs) (laughs) I think our personality types, though, really draw to the, you know, the holding on to it and the control, etc. I mean, that's what makes us good as transaction coordinators. And so in having those character qualities, I mean, now when we're hiring people, you know, we're looking at um, those pieces, you know, the personality tasks and those things. I mean, I was a really high SNC, if you know what those mean. And, you know, now I'm an adaptive DNI, like off the chart. And you would have never have thought that. I mean, I go in a room and I freeze up, you know, but you put me in a room with transaction coordinators, man, I'll be a huge eye and talk to everybody. So I think it's situational too, where you're looking at the character qualities of growing the business and complimenting and finding those right people to surround you with. So, you know, with, with scaling, I don't think there's this magic potion other than of course the numbers and making sure you have to find your number that gets you out of transactions. I know some people that have done it in with two people, you know, it just all depends on your financial scenario at the time of what would get you to be quote unquote out of the day to day. But I think the myth, you know, like people think I'm going to get out of files and my world's going to be easier. I will straight up tell you right now, it is 15 times harder. Some days I'm like, can I just go back and do file, please? Can I just go do one? You know, it's, it's just a different stress now when you have this many people, you know, relying on you and running the business. The stress just comes on in a different way when, you're not busy handling the files and now your only responsibility is growing and running the team. It's like this huge stress came, a different kind of stress came over me. And that's why I had to figure out, I'm not going to go back to stressing myself out like crazy. How am I going to be able to handle growing the team and adapting to helping, but also, you know, just not stressing myself out for this role that I organically move to. Cause I think after that point, I thought I was just going to be like, Oh, well, I'm just going to kind of sit and hang out and, you know, watch people do files and help them. <laughs> like if they have problems, they'll call me. So I don't know why I was so naive to think it was going to be easier. Oh, yeah. Thank you for saying that because that's definitely 
a pattern I've recognized with people that come in and out of real estate or even entrepreneurship is that they think you're giving up the nine to five to do nothing and the money just comes to you. I'm like, I love the work I do. I love the freedom of the work I do. I, I should reframe that. I love the freedom that the work gives me. Is, is yes. um, <laughs> So I'm willing to work more than usual. You know what I mean? But I also know how to turn it off yeah. now. Now, I, I can't say that in the beginning, but now I know how to turn it off. And and I, I had to live through that and go through it before I can just... I'm not out here flaunting like I'm in Mexico. I'm here and that like I'm still checking my emails. I'm still doing this and that and watching inspirational videos, spending my Saturday watching a Alex Hermosi video, you know, oh. <laughs> it's, it's same just, girl, same. you know, mm-hmm. but I th- think that's also what separates those that will lead the charge versus just kind of be along for the journey, which is fine because everyone has to find their their path and their where they fit in you know, leadership and, and this boss, quote unquote, boss life is not for everyone. I will always encourage people to pursue whatever is it, like they desire in them, but you have to meet the goal and, and the dream halfway, at least in order mm-hmm. for it to work. It's not always going to be just manifesting. There needs to be work and action and sleepless nights and then some days you just don't want to get out of bed and you're just sleeping throughout the whole day too (laughs) both can coexist you know so yeah I went off on a little bit of a tangent there but I just I think it's important to highlight those areas too you know but also on the flip side let's let's fast forward or let's kind of get now to present day what was different about either the lead up to 2022 happening or 2022 actually happening and you're realizing this is going to be a big year. What was going oh, on? I'll take a deep breath for that yeah, one. Take your time. Um, take your time. <laughs> let me get, yeah, re- no. let me resituate myself in my chair. <laughs> and and yeah, yeah well, give us the real, whatever you're willing to share, of course, no pressure. I, I'm just curious, what, what was the shift at that point in time? Well, it definitely went to, oh my gosh, I think we're going to have to shut down our business to like, oh my gosh, I think we're going to have our biggest year ever. So the, <laughs> the mindset of that went from that extreme to that extreme because nobody knew with COVID what was going to happen or, you know, was real estate going to like go off the map? Was anybody going to, you know, I mean, nobody knew. And so, you know, I had a really good foundation of people on our team at that time. And thankfully that just allowed us to continue to, to grow and to be able to service agents at a fast, really fast pace with, it went from them going into how, you know, showing houses virtually to, you know, we were already working quote unquote virtually at this time anyways. So our pivot and our shift was very small. And so I think that allowed us to be really plug and play for the realtor. And the fact that of course they needed more support because they were, you know, busier than they had been. And so this, this worked out really nice for us to, you know, look at these numbers. I didn't know that we had done that amount of transactions. Cause I mean, I did, but not until the fourth quarter, I was like, Oh my gosh, like this could actually transpire. Cause literally, I think we were just like 
growing and figuring things out and seeing what worked and see like plugging this hole and fixing this issue and like, oh my gosh, okay, we now we need a new system for this and like this is breaking. Okay, now what are we gonna do with this? So I really, I paid attention to the numbers, but not as much as I do today. I was analyzing them probably twice a month and now I literally look at them every day. So, but you know, it was, it was crazy town Our some of our team members worked crazy hours, but that's also because they wanted to handle more files and make more money, you know? So that just kind of organically happened for them. But, you know, that, you know, some of our team members were handling 60 files a month that were closing and that was awesome for them. And so it, it literally was COVID is what really had contemplated you know, all the bells and whistles that go with the word COVID really favored us in real estate, really favored us in Florida. And so we just were able to take off. And, you know, because of that, prior to that, we were closing probably, I don't know, 2000 or so a year, um, but still like, and we had a million in revenue that year as well. So like, on top of hand, <laughs> handling that, you know, that many files brought that. Not that that was our profit margin, but that was our gross. And so that grew significantly as well. But like I said, having those key players on your team, I had, I went from having just TCs on the team to having more staff and having, you know, support for the team members and all those things. So COVID really allowed us to amplify you know, the business more and more by having more support and, you know, having more TCs. That is amazing. Cause I was, I was like, I don't, I don't want to be in her pockets, but the math in my mind is like, this is either really close, really close to seven figures or, you know, if I'm just kind of guesstimating yeah. what your price range is and I was just like, wow. And you said it. And I was just like, let me pick up my jaw from the if you're watching the video in the future. <laughs> my jaw dropped. <laughs> well, congratulations, first of all. I hope you are celebrating or have celebrated huge feet because that is not easy. And of course you didn't do it alone. You but you but you alone ran that ship, are running that ship and and continuing to do that. And, and that doesn't happen without a fierce leader or someone that is in it and committed, you know what I mean? Because there are CEOs and owners that just want to have their name on the bill, you mm-hmm. know, or, or on the, on the door, which is fine because yeah. everyone has a choice on how they want to run their business. And are you also coaching as well mm-hmm. as you, as you're running the TC business? Yes. Because so, we didn't even talk about that. We could probably do <laughs> seven different episodes <laughs> on all the different parts of your life in the industry, <laughs> especially coaching, because I really, I, I value, I've started working with the coach like three years ago. I interviewed her on my podcast as well, kind of broke mm-hmm. that fourth wall a little bit, but mm-hmm. it has been so impactful and, and revolutionary for me for as a business owner, entrepreneur, human it got me to eventually start therapy. So it, 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 oh, I'm, I'm embarking and yeah. becoming a coach. Like there's, oh, cool. I have a passion for it. I see it. I recognize it. It's like, I, I want what I'm feeling for other people. Of course mm-hmm. they have to want it as well, but was that the trajectory for you as a coach? And again, I, I, I don't want to fast, you know, I don't want to speed through the fact that you 
engrossed a million dollars. We don't have to say all that. <laughs> but I understand that that's not what it's all about. Mm-hmm. You know, because people often sell their businesses leading with that. And they don't talk about everything we just talked about. And yeah. that was one of the main reasons I wanted to start this podcast is to legitimately demystify the business of real estate. Because we could have opened up with, all right, break it down. What was the gross for 2022? <laughs> you know, and really just sensationalize the whole thing. But I, I don't think that's the, well, it's important, but it's not the most important part of it. It's like, how are you doing? How is, you know, like, how is the mind? How are your employees doing? How mm-hmm. are you keeping your employees? How did you, again, this will be one of seven episodes we'll do in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately, coaching, you know, as we kind of pivot into that for a little bit before we close this episode out, because this is amazing. Great. I hope to have you on again. I would love to to dive into other aspects of the business. But I I do think coaching or having some sort of coach, mentor, someone in your corner helping to, you know, helping you to learn how to advocate for yourself is important. And what made you go into coaching? Yeah, so I was I attended. Samantha Markham, she did the first TC conference back in California, I think five or six years ago now. And I went to that and I was like, oh my gosh, there's a TC conference. Like I gotta go. There's never been anything. And so I'm so thankful for her and putting that together. It was, I think there was about a hundred of us from across the country. And I, I went to that and I saw this like whole other world. I think I felt so like secluded at the time. I was like, oh my gosh, like it's just me. But I was like, no, there's all these people. And so that organically just started bringing conversation. That was actually when TC Empowering TCs, the Facebook page was born was when I was at that conference. I was like, hey, I want to continue to build this team. And if people want to do that, I want to be able to collaborate around this. And so coaching and TC Empowering were kind of born together together just of like, Hey, if I can do this, anybody can. And like, how can I help other people get the knowledge that I kind of just failed forward with so they can get success faster because I can help them with all these things that I failed at. And so that just kind of started organically happening where people were like, Hey, Minnie, can I pick your brain? And Hey, can I ask you this question? And, you know, Hey, can we go over this, you know, P and L or K, hey, can we look at that? And then it just started to kind of happen. Like, and I think that's where my psychology degree just like came in naturally. And I was like, yes, of course. Like, so I th- coaching is like now my biggest passion, like, you know, the transaction coordination business. I love, I love our team, but now that I get to do both the, the coaching is really what drives me in order to keep running the business because now, you know, having other people that help me allow me to be able to come back to that psychology of helping people and helping people think as business owners, rather than just owning the job, you know, actually owning the business and how to operate it and grow. Right. Because we tend to get in our own ways so quickly. And it's just nice to have that outside perspective to shake things up and challenge you and push you and, or just that safe space to talk, you know? And I think if I hadn't have made that decision, I wouldn't have made the strides that I have in in a short amount of time because everything was just living in my head. It wasn't out in the world. And there's still things that are living in my head, but I know it's a process now. I don't look at it as like, 
this unimaginable or unattainable thing. I, I'm like, why am I not aiming or reaching for a million, whether I hit it or not? Not just with TCing, but yes. mm-hmm. with anything. What? Why have I been holding myself back? You know, and even if I don't ever hit a million, I'm gonna get close. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that belief is the putting in the work. You know, they call it the work, or you know, yeah. the, and that, that healing process. And actually, I, I I'm gonna pivot a little bit. I normally go into yeah, a go media talk, but I want to talk about the TC Empowerment Conference this fall. Right? It said we'll be out before the conference, so. Go ahead and talk to the people about what that is and, and what they can expect for those that will be attending. Yeah, absolutely. So so it'll be, uh, it's usually in years past, we did it in January, but we decided with this year in the market and the way that things are right now, if we were going to change it, this would be the year to do it. So we're moving it to the fall of next year. So the focus will be around business planning. The focus will be around speakers coming. There'll be, you know, stuff there for if you're just a single TC, if it's just you, there'll be things there if you're building a team or you have a team. So we have a really good, the, what's the word group that's helping us. I can't think of the name right now. My mind just went blank. Our committee, our conference committee. Um, So we have a really good array of people that have just raised their hand that they, they want to help as well. And so right now we're determining the place, which it definitely looks like it's going to be in Austin, Texas this next year. We're just trying to decide if we want to do it in a hotel or if we want to do it offsite just for ticket cost and those sort of things. So, but it will be, you know, able to see TCs in person, meet connections, which is my favorite, favorite part, but just spend a weekend together collaborating on this crazy business we all decide to do and just be there to, to nurture each other and the relationship. So. Awesome. And is there I'll put all the information in the description, but is there a website or a place they can go just to get some more? So for right now, everything is in TC empowering TCs until we pick the location. And then once we have the actual location and date, then we'll have the separate website for it. Okay, perfect. And, you know, you can always come back and talk about it, promote it, whatever you need. You know, we'll talk off offline about that. <laughs> but yeah, but I just wanted to, to bring that up just so other TCs and aspiring, you know, real estate professionals understand that there are opportunities for you to get out there and network and meet people. And, and that's something I know I, I want to do more of. That was my promise to myself this year was like, start networking anyway, go to a conference, whether it's local or international, whatever, just do something. And my cheat code has kind of been doing this podcast. I was like, well, I need to meet them somehow, some way. I might as well make it a add more to my plate and start a whole podcast. <laughs> I'm so glad that you did though, really. Um, it's such a it's such an awesome thing for the community that's you know that's needed. But you know, that's awesome that you're challenging yourself to do it. The first one I went to with Samantha, I mean, literally, I had to like use up the rest of my space on my credit card. Like I could not even barely afford it. I was going to fly to California from Florida. I'd never been to California. I was like, OMG, like, you know, but every time has been worth the investment. And then some just for the relationships that you make and continue to have. And you never know when someone is going to need to service another state or, 
you know, you just never know what those connections would lead to for business or for friendships or whatever it is, because running a business is hard running this, a woman, you know, a woman, female owned business is hard having those relationships working from home. Like, you know, that's why I'm just so passionate about the conference. It's just a place for people to come in person, see each other, And sometimes it's just venting to your neighbor, like how hard something is lately. And it's just like, ah, okay. Like I could tell somebody that with them understanding what I do, you know, when my family asks what I do outside of real estate, I'm always like, oh, I'm just in real estate. Like they don't, I, it's like, I haven't found out the perfect description of what to tell somebody, you know? So, but I mean, our community is growing. I'm, I'm just ever thankful. So. And that that's so true about the <laughs> describing what you do. Now I just say I do me. I do. Me. <laughs> that's perfect. I do me. I just started saying that recently because I was just like, yeah, people still think I'm doing. Le- I, I do lending. I've never done lending. Oh, yeah. Like, or, or they think I'm a realtor. I'm like, it's okay. I, I do me. Mm-hmm. Uh, depends on the, the day. I'm a, I'm a podcaster. I have a YouTube channel. I watch my nieces and nephews a lot, like full-time auntie. Like, yeah. Yes. You know, I'm an active beehive member, love Beyonce. Like <laughs> it just depends yeah. on the season, whatever you yeah. want, you know, but man, this has been great. And I, I really hope we can do like a part two, three, four, five, whatever the case may be. And you are always welcome to come on here as well Absolutely. on your own accord if you want to just schedule some time. But yeah, no, this has been an awesome conversation. And I typically go into like the social media stuff, but I think I'm going to save that for uh, another conversation that we have. But I'm curious to know, as you know, you've shared your story, your journey, you know, from 16 year old, not quite sure, but kind of sure I know what I'm going to do, family business to now you've made this your own family business and you found who you were and who you are and and are going to be even through all the unknowns and through all the fears and rejection and ups and downs and and shout out to all of your ups, you know, whether you recognized it early on or not, (laughs) we must celebrate the wins and the ups. So with all of your experience and knowledge kind of circling back to the beginning and now what was the one thing you're glad you did in the beginning and what's something you wish you had done? Well, I'm glad that I didn't give up and or listen to the prior voices in my head. I'm glad that I stuck it through and was able to follow in my grandfather's. He had this saying on his desk, which is now in my email signature that says he climbs the highest who helps another up. And that's just been my mantra and my thing. So that's definitely that something I wish I would have done. I wish I would have gotten out of the file sooner and not got to the place of burning out as bad as I did for my health. And so I wish I would have known how to do that at that time quicker and faster. Awesome. I mean, not the burnout part, but yeah definitely can relate to that. So, and that's a perfect segue into my last question is how do you care for yourself outside of work? Oh, oh, self-care is my favorite thing ever. So when I, you know, of course spend time um, with my dogs, I love reading. One of my favorite self-care things though, is getting massage monthly. Uh, That's like in my calendar. It does not move. It's like, an appointment with myself always. It just 
stepping away from my phone, you know, I really try to do that on the weekends as best as possible. So, you know, self-care, I'm always looking for different ways to, you know, to do that and to take care of yourself. So working out is a huge part of that and mindset, you know, getting your mindset right with those positive endorphins of working out and, you know, and sometimes throwing in a crime Netflix, you know, is always a nice thing to deflect your brain of thinking about work. So a huge crime podcast. I love crime podcasts and I listen to stuff like that too. So I love it. I love it. So Mandy, again, this, this whole conversation exceeded the already great expectations I had for it. And I'm glad we got to interact quote unquote in person and have this conversation. You're welcome here anytime, but let the people know how they can follow you, work with you, you know, share your socials, your website, things you have coming up, go for it. The floor is yours. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're a transaction coordinator and you're not in the TC empowering group, it's called TC empowering TCs. I'd highly suggest joining that. Do you have a Florida specific TC page as well? That's called Florida transaction coordinators. And the conferences and coaching and everything is done through Empowerment Institute. We are working on a website for that right now, currently. But if you want to know any more about coaching, you can reach out to me on my personal Instagram or Facebook, which is just my first and last name. Or if you want, if you want to hire us for your transaction coordinating in Florida or Texas, list to close MGT. It, the list, the number two close MGT. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram as well. So. Those are all my channels. (laughs) Perfect. So make sure you guys are following or connecting with Mandy. All of that will be in the, in the description of this episode as well. And to follow me, you can follow at transaction care across all platforms, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. It's at transaction care, made it simple and easy to reach me. You can also, if you have questions about the podcast or want to be a guest on the podcast, you can email contact at transactioncarepodcast.com and just head to transactioncarepodcast.com to stream old episodes as well as future episodes like the one I have with Mandy. So thank you again, Mandy. This has been thank so you. Fun. No, I, I so appreciate the invite and it was an honor to be with you today. So thank you. Oh, I am honored as well. So thank you. You know, it's the love is mutual. I appreciate it. So until the next episode, I'm giving you the keys. There are no gatekeepers here. Care for yourself. Care for your wealth. Your time is worth it. Let's coordinate. Talk soon.